We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse. Sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Paul is calling Timothy to a new standard, to a high standard of ministry, and the things that he's to concentrate on and relate to, to teach the church, and he's to be an example to them. That's the sum total of what, he, of what it takes to be a good servant. And he's saying, Timothy, concentrate on your teaching, concentrate on being an example, and if you get that worked out, you are going to have a ministry of excellence. That's, that's really what, when everything is said and done, that's what the ministry boils down to. Make sure what you teach is accurate, make sure what you live is accurate. That's it. It's not a whole lot deeper than that. But there certainly are a lot of avenues to that. In general, the quality of our work is a reflection of our attitude towards that work, or the one for whom we're working. And when our work is to serve the Most High God, I'd say that work deserves our very best, wouldn't you? Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff, the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today, Pastor Steve is launching into his concluding message in this series from 1 Timothy chapter 4 about the marks of a good servant. When Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, we can tell that he's writing to a pastor, a young pastor. But the truths Paul shared with Timothy are applicable to all of us who minister for the Lord in any capacity. We should never forget, however, that the mere fact that we are God's servants does not guarantee that we won't be tempted by spiritual shortcuts. It is vital if we are going to be good servants, that we teach God's Word accurately and that our lives demonstrate the integrity of our message. If you have your Bible, open it to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Here's Pastor Steve to begin today's lesson. Gary Inrig, who ministered here for the Moody Family Conference, has written a book called A Call to Excellence. I'd like to read to you just the first few chapters, uh, or the first few paragraphs, rather, as chapter 7 opens up called The Posture of Excellence. I quote, By his mid-thirties, Winston Churchill was by far the most successful politician of his age in Britain. His career had been like a brilliant meteor blazing across the sky. The son of a notorious politician, he had achieved fame as a reporter and author whose chief subject matter was his own military adventures. Elected to Parliament at the tender age of 25, he entered the cabinet at 31, and at the outbreak of World War I was Lord of the Admiralty and part of the War Cabinet. Intelligent, hardworking, eloquent, single-minded, ambitious, the world lay at his feet. But Churchill's world revolved around him as the sun. He was more interested in himself and his own ideas than in anything else, and his peers were reluctant to trust him. Then in 1915, his world collapsed. A military expedition at Gallipoli, for which he was held responsible, turned into a bloody debacle. 
He was forced to resign from the cabinet in his long years in the, in the political wilderness with intermittent respites began. One biographer gives this period of his, of his life the fascinating title, The Rise to Failure. In the crucible of failure, Churchill forged some new qualities which became instrumental in his success as the great allied leader during World War II. But until he refocused his life, he was a brilliant failure. Achievement in itself can never be the mark of excellence or greatness. If achievement in itself is not the mark of excellence or greatness, then what is? What is the mark of excellence, the mark of greatness, the mark of being truly good in God's eyes in the sense of what he wants to accomplish? For a world leader, it's dominance, it's prestige, it is power. But for a Christian leader, it is servanthood. In Matthew chapter 20, Jesus said, to his disciples, you are not to be like the Gentiles, the pagans who lord it over one another. That's not what leadership is all about. The mother of John and James came to Jesus and said, when you enter your kingdom, I want my sons to be one on your left hand, one on your right hand, and I want them to be right there smack in the middle of prominence. And Jesus said to his men, you don't understand. You don't understand that, that servanthood is the mark of being a great leader in my economy, not dominance and power. That's pagan. That's the pagan's way. He illustrated this in John chapter 13 when he washed the feet of the disciples. He illustrated what true greatness was all about, true humility. Now, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, which is the passage of Scripture that we have been studying for some weeks, Paul tells Timothy how to carry on an excellent ministry by telling him how to serve Christ by serving the church of Christ. We have been thinking our way through this passage, and we have been seeing the marks of a good servant. We said the word good found specifically in verse 6, that this word good is also the word that could be translated noble or fine or excellent. It is the marks of excellence in ministry. This is how you serve Christ in a way that exemplifies and epitomizes excellence. So let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4, and I'd like to read the whole chapter. It's only 16 verses, and I want us to see it in perspective. But the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons, by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. Men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude, for it is sanctified or set apart by means of the word of God and prayer. In pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine which you have been following but have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance. For this we labor and strive because we have fixed our hope on the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers." Prescribe and teach these things. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. 
Until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed upon you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the presbytery or the elders. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress may be evident to all. Pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in these things, for as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who here. We have looked at a number of marks of a good servant. Tonight we want to finish this chapter. As we continue, we want to look at two more marks of a good servant. Number one, this is really number seven, be absorbed in the pursuit of an excellent ministry. Be absorbed in it. Let it be your dedication Let it be something you are continually dedicated to, you are absorbed in, you are involved in, it is your pursuit. Verse 15, take pains with these things, be absorbed in them so that your progress may be evident to all. He says, Timothy, take pains with these things, be absorbed in them. And as I read this, I thought, what things? What things, Timothy, to have pain about? What is he to be absorbed in? Take pains with what? Be absorbed in what? Is it just the verses before it or is it the whole chapter? Well, it's the whole chapter. In other words, all these things that I've been telling you, Timothy, throughout this section, you are to be absorbed in. You are to be dedicated to becoming an excellent minister, which is what this chapter is all about. Timothy, you are to be absorbed in protecting the flock by warning them. Mark number one. Timothy, you are to be absorbed in feeding and nourishing yourself on the word of God that, so uh, that you teach others to obey. Timothy, you are to be absorbed in avoiding becoming an authority on error, but instead you are to be absorbed in pursuing godliness with the commitments that an athlete has in training. Timothy, you are to be absorbed in speaking with biblical authority. Concentrate on that. Do it. Order people around and uh, make sure that it's biblical. Timothy, you are to be, in a, be uh, absorbed in setting an example for others that they might not despise how young you are. And Timothy, you are to be devoted to your teaching ministry, and you are to stop neglecting the spiritual gift of teaching that God gave you. Timothy, you are to be absorbed in all of these things. I guess I counted seven. This is, this is number eight. Be absorbed in the pursuit of an excellent ministry. These are the things that Paul wanted Timothy to concentrate on. These are the things that he wants us to concentrate on as well. The things that make for a ministry of excellence are the things that we are to be dedicated to. This is really a summary statement. There is not a whole lot of new things here, but it is just a refreshing summary statement. It sort of helps. In fact, the last two verses are, are in a sense, summary statements, helping us to, to sort of put it in capsule form what this whole chapter is about. The word that is translated in my version, take pains, is a word that can be translated a number of ways. It could be translated to take care. It also could be translated to practice or to cultivate or to think about or even to meditate upon or premeditate. And the thought here is that Timothy is to give himself totally to these things. Be, uh, give careful thought as to how you put these things in practice. I think that captures the flavor here. Timothy, give careful thought thought to how you're going to put this in action. The expression, be absorbed in them. You see that? Be absorbed in them or give thyself wholly to them, as the authorized version says, literally can be translated, be in them. 
You know the expression, get wrapped up in it. Let it be your world. That's the thought here. Be wrapped up in your ministry. Be absorbed in it. Be engrossed by it. Let it be your world. Be captured by this. Throw yourself totally into being a good servant. I think the principle here is that the ministry is an all-consuming affair. It is either totally uh, that you abandon yourself to the ministry or you cannot be an excellent minister. You cannot be a half-hearted servant. And this doesn't just apply to me. It applies to anyone who's involved in any ministry. You must give yourself to it, though I think that, that primarily Paul is dealing with those who are in leadership positions. It's something you have to continually give your attention to. You can't be divided in your interests. You can't be given over to developing a ministry of excellence and trying to develop a business on the side in the sense that he's dealing with leadership. You, you cannot be, this has to be all-consuming. This has to be something that just uh, is on your mind and it's, it's something that you are absorbed in. I know in my own life there is little time in my life for non-pastoral matters. Now, there's some time, but, not, but little time, and that's by choice. Uh, everything I do, almost everything I do at least, seems to be centered around ministry, uh, going back to school and pursuing my master's. You, you know why I never did that before? One reason, one reason is because I never found a program that could really help me to be the kind of servant that I feel God wants me to be. I I never found the program that uh, was not just a repeat of everything I got at Moody Bible Institute until recently. So I find that my schooling is centered around my ministry. I find that uh, my reading is. You know, uh, one of my hobbies is to read a magazine. It's a newspaper called The Sporting News. I don't just read that because I enjoy it. Now, that's part of it. But also I read it because part of my ministry is involved with baseball chapel and with ball players, and I want to keep up with what's happening as I relate the Word of God to, to these ball players and to where they are at. And many pastors don't know where they are at, and so I find that I, I read these things and take these things, and it's just centered around ministry. James 1.8 says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And Paul said in Philippians 3.13, this one thing I do, and as D.L. Moody paraphrased that, he said, this one thing I do, not these 50 things I dabble in. That is what Paul is saying. Timothy, you are not to dabble in other things. You are to give yourself to developing a ministry of excellence and don't settle for anything less. Now, it seems to me that the, the major point that Paul is making is that good servants don't just happen. They don't just happen. It takes time and it takes pain and it takes a careful cultivating to develop into a good servant. It does not happen just because you go to Bible school or seminary. It does not happen just because you've been trained by good men. It happens because you concentrate on it, because you want it to happen, because you are involved in applying these principles to your life. What you concentrate on will determine the state of your ministry. Paul is calling Timothy to a new standard, to a high standard of ministry. And the things that he's to concentrate on and relate to, to teach the church, and he's to be an example to them. That's the sum total of what what it takes to be a good servant. And he's saying, Timothy, concentrate on your teaching, concentrate on being an example. And if you get that worked out, you are going to have a ministry of excellence. That's, That's really what... When everything is said and done, that's what the ministry boils down to. 
Make sure what you teach is accurate. Make sure what you live is accurate. That's it. It's not a whole lot deeper than that. But there certainly are a lot of avenues to that. You see, this has to be heard by those who are in pastoral ministries, especially. In fact, um, delighted that there are some men in ministry getting these messages who will hear this. But it has to be heard by those, especially those who are in full-time ministry, because an excellent ministry doesn't materialize when you concentrate on anything else. And there are many men concentrating on all kinds of, of decent things, but they will not have a ministry of excellence if it's not your own life and the Word of God. There are those who will, would concentrate on being organized, and uh, you come into their churches and everything is exactly and meticulously organized, and that's good. But if that's the focus of your ministry, then that's not excellence. There are those who would concentrate on taking trips to the Holy Land. I think that's good, and I think that it's wonderful to do that, but if that's what you concentrate on, and that's what you're absorbed in, and how many people you can get to go, and you're running around doing all of that, then that is not good. And there are others who concentrate on civic duties, and that's not bad, and that's good, but that is not what Paul is calling Timothy to do. Others who concentrate on politics, or concentrate on getting the church larger, concentrate on outside interests, and Paul is cutting across all of that, saying, Timothy, you must concentrate on teaching and you must concentrate on being an example. I was talking to a pastor recently who is from a, uh, a large denomination that, uh, quite frankly, is not noted for their in-depth teaching, for the most part. And he said to me, he said, Steve, sometimes I wonder if I spend too much time in studying. That's, that's an interesting question to hear or a statement to hear from a pastor. And uh, after speaking with him a little bit, Further and discussing it, I told him, I said, don't ever give up your time of studying the Word of God. To do things that others could do in your church, you spend time studying. And then I explained to him what, uh, what we had discovered in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, about until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Don't neglect the gift that's within you. And I said, no, don't. Don't give up anything, but do not give up your time in studying the Word of God. That is what a ministry of excellence is all about. And what happens when you are dedicated to being an excellent minister? And what happens when you, not just me, but when you are dedicated to being a servant, dedicated to being an excellent servant, when the focus of your life is on these truths, these, these uh, well, it'll be nine truths that we will see, what happens when you focus on this? Well, Look at the rest of verse 15. Not only take pains with these things, be absorbed in them, but here's the reason. So that your progress may be evident to all. It becomes obvious to others that you are making progress as a servant of Christ. Now you say, but wait a minute. Should we do these things for people to take note of our progress? The answer is yes, if you are despised like Timothy for being so young. If you have people who question your ministry, it's good for them to see that you're making progress in your ministry. Now, you're not doing this to show off, and you're not doing this to get attention, but you are doing it so that Christ is honored by an excellent ministry. When you have low credibility with the people you minister to, you want them to see your progress, right? Not for selfish reasons, not for personal gains, but for Christ's gains in terms of his ministry. The word progress or profiting means to cut forward. It means to be a trailblazer. It means to be a pioneer advancer. In fact, the ancient Stoic writers use this word to describe a pupil's progress. 
in philosophy. And it may well be that Paul is, is using this specific word, this particular word, because false teachers use it to describe the spiritual advancements of those engaged in their heresies. For instance, turn over, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16. Paul says, but avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. The term lead to further ungodliness could be literally translated. They will make further progress in ungodliness. And it could very well be that that's the way the heretics were using this word. And Paul is saying, Timothy, you do what's right and everyone will see your progress. He also uses this expression in 2 Timothy 3.9, but they will not make further progress for their folly will be obvious to all so that um, so also that of the two who came to be and so forth. So it may very well be saying, Timothy, a good servant makes progress, spiritual advancements. If you're committed to a ministry of excellence, understand that no one has arrived. And this is important for us to, to see because it's a tendency to look over these, uh, these marks of a good servant and think, who could possibly be like this perfectly? Who, could, who has possibly arrived? No one has arrived. That's why progress needs to be seen. That's why progress needs to be made. It's a progressive type of development. It's easy to get discouraged as you look at all this and, and, and think, I could never be like that. But the truth is that no one has arrived. But we should all be making progress. We should be going in the right direction. No one has each mark perfectly nailed down. But the important thing is, what direction are you going in? And I think it's important for a congregation to understand as they look at their leaders that God is not through with your leaders. God is not through with me. God is not through with the elders, the deacons, the staff, the other people who lead. We aren't all that God wants us to be, but we are moving closer all the time, making progress and moving forward. Every once in a while, someone will come up to me and say, you know, you're improving. I'm never quite sure how to take that. I, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting statement. But I think it's good. I think it's good. I think it's a good statement because I don't know how bad I was before, but at least it's obvious that I'm making some progress. I may not be good, but at least I'm not as bad as I used to be. See, there is a progressiveness to this whole area, and we need to understand that because we're all human. And while we don't lower the standard, we understand that realistically we are moving in the right direction. If you've just started to lead in the church, if you've just started to, to really be involved in ministry, if you've just started to have the wonderful thrill of God expanding your ministry and using you, don't get sidetracked. That's the point here. Do not get sidetracked. Give yourself over to teaching whoever you teach and living out a godly life before them. We are a work in progress, right? At least, I hope we're progressing. Even teachers, pastors, and elders are works in progress. Like the Apostle Paul, we have not yet arrived. And that should motivate us to press on, like Paul, to progress toward Christ-likeness in every facet of our lives. In fact, the pursuit of excellence is one of the marks of a good servant of God. Those marks are the subject of our current series of studies on Verse by Verse, as Pastor Steve Kreloff takes us through the fourth chapter of 1 Timothy. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. You can find out all about Lakeside by going to the website, lakesidechapel.com. But perhaps a personal visit would be even more helpful. I know Pastor Steve and the Lakeside family would love to meet you. Lakeside's address is 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater. 
You can call the office for service times and directions at 727-441-1714. Or as I said, it's all on the website, lakesidechapel.com. That phone number again is 727-441-1714. We're getting very close to the finish line in this study from 1 Timothy. If you missed any of the previous lessons, they're all on the message archive page at versebyverseradio.org. And there's a podcasting service as well, so you never have to miss a broadcast, even if you can't always tune in at the right time. Oh, and that reminds me, have you ever thought of calling this radio station to thank them for airing Verse by Verse? I used to do what they do, and I know from experience that a call or email from you would be a big encouragement to them. And at Verse by Verse, we are also encouraged by your emails. Contact information is on our website, versebyverseradio.org. And there's also a giving page to make it easy if you'd like to help us pay the bills. We're very grateful for those who partner with us in this way. This is Jerry Peterson. When our son was growing up, we had pencil marks on one of our door frames. I bet you can guess why. Maybe you had them too. Maybe you still have them. Every so often, yep, we would stand him up straight and tall and we'd make a mark on the wood to show his progress. As God's servants, it's even more important to check our progress to make sure we're on track in our lives and our ministries. Pastor Steve will have more on the next Verse by Verse. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse by We're here to give you strength between